Sessions Podcast. I'm D-Rock, and I'm joined by my co-host, my tag team partner, the one and only Hans Vanderkill. Hans, how's it going, man? Going pretty good, D-Rock. It's uh, getting towards the weekend here, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. How are you? I'm doing the same, man. Doing good. It's uh, I'm glad it's a nice long weekend, get to relax, and always a pleasure when I'm talking with you, my friend. Yeah, all the same, same and likewise, and uh, also a pleasure to uh, know who we have as a guest today. Yeah, it's awesome to have this guest on. It's always a pleasure to have, you know, everyone who comes on, always appreciate it, but this is really cool. It's a really awesome treat to have the one and only Carly Salinas on with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. <laughs> welcome, welcome. My, uh, my last uh, shoot uh before covid lockdown started happening was was carly so oh cool oh my gosh really that was the last shoot you did that was the last one i mean i've done some since i've been kind of like you know trying to be careful about it Um, right but that was the last shoot where it's like oh everything's still normal and (laughs) about a week after that. that i had like um maybe like one or two shoots that were coming up like shortly after ours like you know, maybe like a week or so later, and they all got canceled because <laughs> shit started to hit the fan. So, wow. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. Like, uh, and th- at the time, I was like, that might be the last shoot for a while. <laughs> like, I have no idea when that's going to become reasonable again to actually yeah. like, get together in a room. So, yeah, yeah. Crazy. So, Carly, how have you been with as far as you know with? the craziness that has been 2020 and as we've seen still 2021 (laughs) um how how have you been as far as like you know personally like coping with it but then also with like sessioning yeah I mean I've been just laying pretty low and staying home a lot I've had to cancel um I had a couple trips like right in the middle of the quarantine period that were already booked. And so I had to like postpone those for a later date. So canceled those two. And then I just was supposed to be in New York and New Jersey in December. And I was supposed to be in Seattle in November. And just because of COVID, I had to cancel all those. And then I was supposed to go to Florida in February. And my parents, um, I stay with them when I go out there because they've got a place there and they um they told me they didn't feel comfortable this time with me coming even though I was literally in Florida when like the whole world started shutting down (laughs) but like yeah I've had to cancel quite a few tours for you know the situation and so from here on out like I've been kind of putting the word out there that I'm not doing any travel unless it's sponsored obviously I have to reschedule the New York and New Jersey because I I had bookings and took deposits and um, I always offer my clients like the option for a refund or to apply it to a later date. So I'll definitely have to follow through on coming back there, but everything else will just be sponsored travel only for the foreseeable future. Cause I'm kind of sick of having to like spend hours like researching flights and hotels and booking cars right. and then cancel it all, spend hours doing that and refunding like people. Spinning your wheels. So, <laughs> yeah, it's such a pain in the ass. Did you but get to do stuff at least that... during uh, the, the summer? Because it was like kind of like a low point in the summer and then oh, you know, yeah. like the initial spike. And now, now right. it's just like crazier than it's ever, it's ever yeah, been. Yeah, I've, I've still been like touring, but I've still had to cancel like almost yeah. half of my trips. Um, but mm. I also have a Clips for Sales store. So, you know, between that and OnlyFans and 
all the endeavors that my business um, takes on, I was able to stay busy and take advantage of the time at home to really like maximize focusing on my um, getting regularity with my clip store. So, okay. How you been liking the OnlyFans compared to the clips for sale experience? I know a lot of people do both. I I do both myself. So yeah, um, people like it. I, I, I really like it because it's a more personal interaction with people, you know, and you get to like, you know, if they're willing to share, you get some insight into what people are there to see and then what they want. So yeah, I like it. Um, I post content like once a day on there. I'm not, I'm not quite at like three times a day or anything like that. Um, but it's usually like photo sets or short videos and, um, you know, people pay like a set subscription price and all that content is free and then when I post my clips on clips for sale I'll post that I try to post that same clip on OnlyFans at a discounted rate since we're cutting out that particular percentage cut so um but I it's hard to like juggle it all by myself because I don't have a business partner or anyone to help so it's a lot to manage (laughs) and I'm not always like consistent with posting uh the clips that i post on clips for sale on my only fans but at least i do post something every day on my only fans that's good. Pretty rare that i forget that's admirable to be to be that consistent um i, I actually had to kind of back off and like you know I, I wasn't being consistent enough uh putting stuff up on only fans so i i went with um you can follow for free and then i make yeah. the posts you know i i I saw some people doing that and it's like, Oh, that kind yeah. of seems like a better deal. Like, yeah. You know, time-wise. So yeah, yeah. totally yeah, like pay-per-view. So. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I might want to consider that. Cause what I've noticed, like some people subscribe, you know, for a month or whatever. And, <laughs> and then they like, they see all this stuff that they needed to see and then they leave or whatever. So, right. So it might because be better. I'm sure to they, just... could always, they always think that they could just like, Oh, I'll see it. And then I'll, not renew and then like take a month off and then I'll come back like two months later. And yeah, it's a whole like different way of like thinking about like, you know, how, how do we all make this work and and stuff. So, yeah. So I, I think the way you're tackling it might be smarter, (laughs) especially because like, I just feel like I spend so much time, you know, thinking about what I want to post every night. (laughs) Right. It comes off like when when it's up there, it comes off as being just kind of like natural and like, oh, I just did this on the fly, on the cuff. But there's there's a lot of thought that goes into it's like, oh, what do I want to post? And right, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Have you tried no. the uh, live live stream feature on OnlyFans yet? I'm I'm looking at that and I'm like, I think that you sounds really... like it could be a cool opportunity. Yeah, definitely yeah. for like behind the scenes stuff, but you really have to push the advertisement for it up front. And uh, one thing I really slack at is advertising my stuff um, because I just I really battle with like needing to not be too involved with social media (laughs) for mental (laughs) health purposes. Like it's so easy to get sucked in a rabbit hole. So basically, like the only time I log into Twitter is to like retweet stuff I'm tagged in. I hardly ever post anything of my own unless it's, you know, like a. Clips for Sale does that automatic ad for when you add a new video. <laughs> yeah, but, right. But yeah, I suck at promoting myself. Nice. So so <laughs> to do the live stream, you've got to really like hype it up 
to get an audience otherwise it's kind of I've done it before and no one joined and watched and I had it going um for like 20 or 30 minutes during a shoot with um two other models Bonnie and uh Indica so nobody logged on and watched that went to waste and then I don't think it saves the video either so you lose it I was just gonna ask yeah that's what that's what my I haven't tried it yet so I don't know so like oh so if it doesn't save the video because I assume like you could live stream it at a set price. And right. what I was curious about is like, then after that, does it then save? Cause like when you live stream on Instagram, you know, you have the option to save it to your, your profile after that, if you want, you know, right. Instagram, you can't, can't, can't do only fan stuff on Instagram, but um, I assumed it would be the same functionality, but I was kind of curious, like, Oh, could it be like one price for the live stream? And then, you know, right. another Afterwards. price for like after it's yeah. posted. So like you get the benefit of like, and the excitement of seeing it live and like kind of get it at a discounted pay-per-view price before it then becomes like a normal post. And you know, right. maybe, I, maybe I have to do that as a separate post. I don't know. So Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, the one time I did it, like I couldn't figure out how to save the video afterwards, but I do think, I mean, when I did it, Indica was with me and she was doing it at the same time on her OnlyFans. And she said that you can save the video, but I think you either have to like figure it out in advance how to do it, or it's kind of like a little loophole to figure it out afterwards. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I don't know. You could always do like a little trial run. (laughs) Yeah. You certainly don't want to be trying to figure it out on like a shoot day when you're already trying to, get stuff you know, done figure out shooting <laughs> so yeah. get stuff done and then be like all right let's see if this you know you kind of want to be able to like you know set it in the corner behind the scenes and like be able to just sort of forget about it yeah and, totally um but yeah ah, that's cool we're all we're all learning so yeah 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 i tried to like watch youtube videos on how to maximize my um, presence on only fans so that's like helpful but i it's just a matter of like carving out the time for it you know <laughs> yeah just like every yeah. little aspect of our business you know it's just like everything needs to have a certain um designated time management for it <laughs> right yeah well you, you know carly you kind of said something that kind of made me i never even really asked hans this so i guess this is a question for both of you but i know carly you said it is kind of weird promoting yourself so and i know because of social media but is there any other re like is it just an adjustment in general like um talking about promoting yourself is that like hard i don't i don't really like sit there and scroll through other people's stuff um Mm -hmm. i don't really like I'm just being totally honest. I don't really care about social media at all. The only reason I have any accounts is because it is essential for our business. Um, So (laughs) I do, I kind of avoid it more for like mental health reasons. Like I just, I personally believe in preserving my own mental health and not getting like, because it's easy to get sucked into the, you know, the thrill of like scrolling, but it can suck hours of your life away that could be otherwise put towards something else. (laughs) So I, I say that because from doing, you know, these different podcasts, I, I found it hard because personally, my personal life, I am the same way. I don't really get involved with social media for the same kind of reason, Mm -hmm. but then trying to promote, you know, the podcast, it's like, 
like an out of body experience. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you have to. Yeah. So it's weird. It's like like a contradiction kind of. It feels like the personal you and then the professional you. So it's I always wondered um, how how I never really thought about it that deeply. But like how many people in the session wrestling industry, if you know, have that battle. Yeah, um, I think. I think quite a few people like there's quite a few people that are really successful that you don't really see like super active on their Twitters or anything like that. Like, like Tyler Dare and Leah LeBeau are two that I can think of off the top of my head. You don't see them like right. posting much, you know, and right. they're probably doing that for, for their own, you know, personal sanity, which is good. Got to prioritize your, your mental health. It is like run, running through a minefield a little bit. Like you go on there, it's like, all right, I want to go on there. I want to like you know, promote the thing. shoot I have coming up and stuff like yeah. that. And it's like, all right, just go straight to straight to that writing that post. Don't look left or right. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, then next thing you know, six hours later, it's like, oh my god, I've been scrolling for six hours. I just saw one interesting tweet, and then there's now it's a whole thread, <laughs> and now it's a whole thing. Totally. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, oh, I got sucked in. Like, I personally, when I'm uh, around, like, friends or family or whatever, I really don't appreciate it when they're buried in their phone and I'm trying to engage them. Yeah. Um, it's really important to me to preserve that, like, interpersonal communication. And I feel like our phones and social media are such a massive distraction from our, you know, connectability to humans. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that we face in our world today. So <laughs> that's pure no, principle I, <laughs> for me. <laughs> no, I think it's awesome. Cause it is, um, I I've, you know, pre COVID, you know, quarantine, but going out to dinner with people and then the whole tables on their phones, so weird. people look at me like I'm crazy, but I go, well, I, I get upset and I go, well, why am I here? Exactly. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's no point in being here. I'm like, I'm out. I'll pay. People are like, why? Why are you being this way? I go because I don't. I could do this by myself. I'm eating alone. Yeah. I could have stayed at home. I could stay at home. I'll, I'll text you anyway. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like I, I agree. I've, I've had that quite a few off, quite quite a few times myself, and it is, um, it's frustrating. Yeah. You know, years and uh, years ago, um, I traveled to uh, Brazil once, and um, I think if I went down there now like there's coverage with Verizon and everything, but uh, this was back at a time where there was not. So like it was pointless to even bring your phone because as soon as you get there, it's just a brick anyway. <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah. And so I was down there for like a week and a half and I left my phone just on my desk in my, in my apartment at home. And it was refreshing in a way. It was like this and it, and almost kind of strange. Like it was just being present, like, and not having the ability to check email or text. Right. Or, you know, I don't, I don't think I was on Twitter back then, but, um, and there was kind of like this, like, you know, coming back from that, like, you know, picking up the phone and like turning it on for the first time. And it was like getting a fix of the drug again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been like, uh, at, you know, on rehab for a while. So, yeah. Um, it's so yeah, weird. That's when I, I, I kind of noticed that it felt like a felt like a drug. Yeah, you know? it is totally. So, I yeah. I used to travel. I mean, I still do. I travel a lot, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, like <laughs> I would travel abroad. Like when I first started traveling abroad, when I was like twenty two, um, I didn't like. I I don't know if like just putting a foreign SIM card in your phone was a thing or not, but 
basically the only time I could connect to the world was if I went to a cafe or my hostel that had internet connection. <laughs> so I would spend my whole day not looking at my phone for, you know, weeks on end while I'm traveling around the world. And like, I just feel like that's so, so wonderful to get to <laughs> like unplug, you know? Yeah. I remember another trip like that too, where it was like, okay, the, the cell towers don't work, but you know, there's Wi-Fi at the hotel. So you can only check when you go back to the exactly. hotel. But then once you're wow. out of the hotel Wi-Fi, then, yeah. you know, you're, you're in deep space. Yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No. So, uh, Carly, I, I guess we'll, you know, going to the beginning, how did you find this world of uh, session wrestling? Um, I mean, it just came about as kind of a cascade of of contacts in the fetish industry you kind of you know once you get connected with one fetish producer it kind of dominoes from there I feel like at least that's how it worked for me um I was a model like just regular photography and um like I would sit for paintings and stuff like that from the age of 19 and then I'm um I got connected on uh, model mayhem which is like a platform for models and photographers to connect you guys may or may not know about it but anyways um uh <laughs> hannah perez came to denver um when she was still like traveling with her her husband while they were building their business um they were like traveling all over the united states by um their van or whatever actually at the time they were living out of a car I think but um they came through Denver and they had a shoot and she reached out to like several different women in uh the Denver area that fit a certain like look description that her client was looking for and I happened to be one of them and she was like hey um I've got this shoot uh and he likes a certain look and this is what it pays and I had read articles before um on like bloggers and stuff um people who had been in the fetish industry and they described how like just so diverse and you know opening pandora's box basically by getting in and i'd always like wondered how do you how do you get in and so it just kind of presented itself and and uh she said all right well if you're in i'll present you and all the other list of girls that agree to be available for this shoot to the guy and if he chooses you then great we'll hire you so he did choose me and we shot together for that clip and then uh six months later I uprooted my life and moved to Florida for a little while because my parents had bought a house there and it was sitting vacant so I was like oh yeah I'll move in (laughs) and I didn't (laughs) know that Tampa is the fetish capital of the United States so um, as soon as I like posted somewhere on Facebook or something that I was moving to Florida, the same client who had, um, you know, chosen me for that first shoot, he reached out to some local Florida producers and said, you got to hire her. So it kind of lit up like wildfire from there. <laughs> and uh, pretty instantly, like actually the first shoot I ever did was like a scissor shoot. So in Florida. Yeah. So um, that's how. I got into the wrestling stuff and then sessions, like as soon as I started traveling, um, I didn't even know what a session was, but I had a fan that reached out and he saw that I was going to Columbus, Ohio. And he was like, Oh, I would love to do a session with you. And 
this is what I like. And I'm like, what is that? And I didn't know what to charge. And like, luckily I had all those Florida producers as resources to kind of like probe them on what, what are the rates and like, what is the session? And, right. and they were really helpful. That's the beautiful thing about the fetish industry is that people tend to be really um, ready to help and be accepting. I, I feel like that that's how my experience has been. Um, like sharing That's contacts good, yeah. and like giving advice, like even on opening a clips for sales store, like people were so open when I was, you know, asking questions of different producers about like, you know, how they do it and what they make and stuff like that. It was really interesting. So I think yeah. uh, a lot of people like to talk about, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to find people that um, get it. You know that like they like yeah they get it they like <laughs> to talk about the same things like this is this you know secret passion that I've gotten into and when we meet someone else who also you know has like the same passion or like an adjacent passion you want to like yeah you know, it's like you want to like nerd out and tell them all about yeah. it so seemingly um, so yeah it's very interesting there's always like so many uh, ways to collaborate too like you know trading different clips and you know um, I remember um doing clips for Constance and she showed me like a sleepy uh limp fetish which I had not mm -hmm. had any prior experience with before and I was like oh that's neat I'm, I've never seen this so it was like a new experience mm -hmm. and uh but yeah there's all this kind of like you know mind trade that goes back and back and forth in, in this uh you know in this industry I feel yeah. like so um, I think so yeah, yeah so it's been like so it was a fun way to meet people. Yeah, too. definitely. <laughs> it's been a fun and easy transition to moving across this. But, you know, I developed more of a passion for wrestling as I got more entrenched in offering sessions. I think Megan Jones, like, really, yeah. really helped me, like, realize that, you know, I need to be focusing a fair amount of attention on offering sessions. So I started to you know, sign up for all the sites like WB270 and Session Girls and stuff and advertising myself and my tours there. And it just like blew up from there. But as I got more into the sessions, like I felt like I didn't know what I was doing half the time, but I was just kind of going with it. Yeah. But um, I realized... Had you ever go ahead. wrestled before? Have, have you, had you ever wrestled before? Like, like outside into, of the fetish world? Um, no. Yeah, like outside of fish, where like growing up as a kid nope. doing it. Um, did you have like an inclination that you knew you liked it before you tried it? Not or... really. No, <laughs> like my brother would yeah. beat up on me a lot, but it wasn't a back and forth really. <laughs> it was just being yeah. beat up. <laughs> it was, was one-sided. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but he so. took jujitsu, and like that was always something that intrigued me. And like growing up with an older brother, it was just the two of us, and like in school. Um, if I got picked on, all I had to do is name drop and people would back the fuck off. They were so terrified <laughs> of my brother. He was like notorious for being this like ruthless kind of Vato crazy fuck. So, <laughs> so like, and he, he fought, you know, like he fought dirty. So I, I felt like jujitsu was going to be the way to go when I finally got the nerves to like do a group class like that. And um, I didn't get the nerves to do it until I got into sessions because I started to feel like, you know, I could really get a leg up on, you know, a man that's like six foot two or something. <laughs> Whereas like they, 
they could easily oh, pin yeah. me. Like if I just start learning a skill like jujitsu, then I can, I can have some advantage. <laughs> and uh, so I started training in jujitsu, like I think a year and a half or two ago. I don't really know. COVID has really screwed me up like mentally with time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here. How now? How has that been training in jujitsu? Oh, I love it. it. I found a an academy here in Denver that um, the instructor is just awesome. Like he's very passionate about teaching, um, and he knows like the psychology behind teaching, and so he makes sure to hit like all the receptors for how people learn. And he's just so he's so good and so hands on, and not a not not bad looking. So. It kind of makes it easy to go to class. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do private sessions Always with helpful. him too because, you know, it's helpful to get that one-on-one training too. Yeah. Right. But I, because of COVID and because I'm still traveling for work, I've been kind of staying away from the gym because I don't want to put my classmates at risk. So, right. yeah. So I've been out of practice. Is, is there, are there classes like going, going on right yeah. now? I know like here in New York, um, you know, the gyms I've been Closed. to are oh, open they are. stuff. Yeah. Oh, they've been open. Yeah. Um, they actually released a list in, in New York of like, you know, where the most of the transmission is happening and gyms came in at like 1.9%. They were like, oh, wow. Of the, list, so, um, the gyms seem to have it like figured out for the time being. And, uh, you know, it's still, unfortunately, restaurants that are that's so you know, interesting getting, getting hit me. the hardest. Yeah. So. Um, it just surprises but. me because, like, I did try to do some uh, jujitsu classes ever since they reopened after the quarantine, and I found it really, really weird because I have to wear a mask the whole time. So me and my training partner both have to yeah. wear a mask, and we're only allowed to like wrestle each other. Like, we're not allowed to, you know, mess with anyone else. And, yeah and you have to leave like a huge everyone like they divided the mats into squares um and i think they're more than six feet by six feet wide they're pretty big maybe they are just six feet by six feet but anyways um they uh you have to stay in your square with your partner and of course it's jujitsu so it's like really i mean you're up in someone's butt and shit (laughs) like you know your mask falls yeah, off yeah. really easily, like when you're rolling around on the mat. And so I'm like, yeah, it's kind of unavoidable, yeah. you know. So I'm uh, really surprised. I mean, maybe that number that you're talking is more just regular gyms, but like, regular. I gyms, would think yeah. like a martial um, art, you know, school or academy is gonna have a little higher incidence just because of that. You know, you can't help. They probably do. I, I actually wonder now if, if more of them are doing like because it didn't even occur to me where um, it's like, okay, they spread people out and they basically have like, you know, two blocked Mm -hmm. partners. So like you're in in theory, you're only kind of like a risk to each other. And if you, you know, some, some people probably came from the same household. Mm -hmm. So like, in essence, they're kind of like not, you know, as much of a risk. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. uh, The regular gyms too, you got to keep the mask on and, um, what I've noticed with that is that it makes it very hard to breathe. Yeah. So it's like, it's like altitude yes, training. Yeah. Like I remember I went to, you know, I went out to Colorado and I went to a CrossFit gym out there and, uh, you know, because the air is thinner up there, 
I just remember getting absolutely smoked and just being like, oh my God, this is like so hard. And then I was in Colorado for maybe like a week. And then I came back to New York and it was like, I was, I was a God. I was like, I was a God amongst mortals <laughs> for like a week after that, because I could just, you know, suck in more oxygen. Yeah. You know, it was just like, so it was like, sat, you know, saturation. And uh, so now it feels like uh, altitude training. So you must be getting like, Double. you know, yeah. super training. Yeah. <laughs> Double. But you're already <laughs> in Colorado and like, I don't know though. Yeah. I grew up. I grew up in uh, Albuquerque, and our elevation's a little higher than Denver. So, like, I've always grown up at over a mile oh, wow. high. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. It's nothing to me. But like, for the year and a half that I lived in Florida, when I came back, I definitely noticed it. But you adapt again, like, pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I. I <laughs> You've always always been mountain yeah <laughs> exactly and I grew up in the mountains in Albuquerque so it was pretty high elevation out there like even higher than the city yeah yeah cool. um but uh yeah I've been hiking a lot lately for exercise and and um you know it's it's socially acceptable to wear a mask like when you're passing other people so you know if you're doing a strenuous uphill <laughs> hike and you're at way higher elevation than like 6,000, like say eight or 10,000 feet, then it's like horrendous <laughs> to put a mask yeah. over your face. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially if right. you're at like 11,000 feet, because then the, the air is real thin up there. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. That's just crazy, like being up that high and then like have, and, yeah, and then having so a mask stupid. on to yeah. be. Yeah. So. So I'll yeah. be honest, I did not wear a mask when I was hiking 14,000 foot mountains this summer. <laughs> yeah, well, I was kind of say, too, like, you know, if I'm walking around the city and I have, like, a, a coffee, if I kind of, like, take my mask off, as long as I can stay, like, 10 feet away from everybody, I feel like that's kind of no harm, no I foul. I agree. Foul. But, I, but um, I was just in Philly, yeah. like, two weeks ago or less than two weeks ago, and, like, and I've noticed this in other cities like D.C., but all the, like, large densely packed cities like I'll see people and they're out in the middle of the you know walking around in the in the middle of the road or sidewalk and there's no one around them and they've got their mask on or people driving with yeah. their mask on yeah. and there's no one in the car <laughs> um you know again here in here in New York that's actually uh um it's become comfortable to have the mask on because it keeps well, yeah. cold out. It's sure. kind of like an extra layer of warmth. So, well, I'm I'm in and I'm in Philly, um, and and it's like what I notice is it's always, you know, it's just because of like memory. So, like I at first I would try to like, all right, well I'm around the one, so take it down. But then if you walk and people get close out of nowhere, you know, or you're distracted, then you're like, oh yeah. shoot, my mask. So it's like just when I'm out. I just keep it up. So like. Even now, I started a new job, and they're like, "Well, if you're at your desk, you can take your mask down." But I'm like, "But then people come over, and then I gotta be like, oh, put it up.' Or if I want to like ask someone a question, it's like, "Oh crap, I forgot to put yeah. my mask up." So it's just like easier, like keep it up when I'm around other people, yeah. Because then I'm like, I, I forget, and then I'm like, "Shit, interesting." I, <laughs> we're are talking to this person. Well, I have like I have so, a mask where I I put coffee filters in it. <laughs> for filtration <laughs> so it's like <laughs> extremely hard to breathe through like if you're just talking or doing any kind of like strenuous activity I don't know if you have filters in your mask but it's pretty brutal 
I had one that had filters and it was, yeah, like you said, it was, yeah. was kind of brutal. Um, yeah, that's where I was. Same. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. It was tough. Uh, scaled back to the, uh, the cloth ones. Yeah. I mean, so, like. Yeah, rather nice. It's still... I question whether they're actually right. as effective, but they're certainly right, more comfortable. Right. I know. I'm... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I Colorado was the first state to like have that that new variant of coronavirus um, pop up in. So like I've I've gotten a little more concerned lately than I have been for quite a few months. So it's it's always tough to say. Like you just don't know. No, this right. shit is so unpredictable. It is, yeah, and it's... you could do things a hundred percent right and still, you know, just have yeah, bad luck totally. really so it's like you know i've always like i've had this conversation with like friends of mine where where it's like well it's kind of like a, a balance of like you don't want your life to completely shut down but you have to kind of like know Modify. what's out there and you know just kind of just kind of do what you do the best you can and but um you know it's totally possible to do everything 100 percent right and like completely shut your life down right and still get yep. it so it's yeah. like definitely i think it's kind of a luck thing not luck but you know like it's just you never know you just never know because i've been i've been traveling so much i've been so exposed to so many people without masks and i've had lots of company and you know we went on like river rafting trips with groups of people this summer and like camping trips with people and i've not had it knock on wood (laughs) at all or maybe i did but i was asymptomatic at some point so you just like you never know you right i wondered that about myself as well because uh, right around february like i guess it was like right after our shoot like the week after i was feeling like a little sniffly and i was definitely riding a pack oh my gosh yeah that week and then i was and i was wondering later on it's like oh did i did i have it like i, I never got the antibody test but like you know um yeah you don't know like you could have had it and like you have the antibodies but but then even if you have the antibodies does that actually protect you right i know so yeah all crazy it's such a guessing game (laughs) so it's all a slot machine so yeah um and so i guess carly i wanted to ask you i know you never wrestled before like you got into it but was it a hard adjustment mentally, meaning like, you know, because there's a, even in a orchestrated like session or a shoot, there's a physicality, like an aggressiveness, like a, a want for contact. Yeah. Like, was that no pretty natural for you or did you have to like work? Yeah. I think I had to work to get comfortable because like, I have always had a pretty low threshold for pain. <laughs> so I don't like getting hurt <laughs> physically. <laughs> And I bruised like a peach, so I, I wasn't, like, super keen on it. But I realized that not all sessions were wrestling, you know. Like, there was there were people interested in doing other things right. or one-sided beatdowns or whatever, um, total domination sessions. I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect, like, and, when I get to assert my, my dominant and, side. Now, was that easy for no, you to that, be, like, dominant? Not like, really like, either because, like – you really um i'm a psych major and i i'm very like aware of people and i try to tread lightly until i kind of feel like i've got a feel for who i'm dealing with 
And so to just jump into something and assume that I'm like, it's permissible for me to be dominant with them. Even if they asked me for it, I don't know what degree to go to, you know, like in the beginning, it was, it was just tough Mm -hmm. for me to gauge that. Um, But then I just got comfortable um, reading people with time. Like you develop the ability to read your client pretty quickly and see what they're responding to um, and not responding to and just kind of like go from there, you know, give a little bit, see if they like it, if they don't and stop and change, change course. Um, No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm also a psych major and, and I've always, I found that interesting to like, like it does take like some people it's a very, natural and it doesn't nothing to do with a a toughness thing it's just some people it's it's quicker to get into that dominant mindset than other people and 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 i always found that interesting like some people it's everyone's different with yeah um i mean i feel like it's a little easier for me to enter that dom space um now i was gonna say like when we uh because we did a video where um the request was for you to dominate me throughout yeah and you uh you know you glided right into it like and once you got like the you know just like the groove going it seemed to come seemed to come yeah i remember you you, which was you and medic megan both said something (laughs) like i I, that you guys were like surprised that i was able to embody that role so quickly and easily or something like that i don't i don't remember what the con comment was exactly but i do remember it being like outstanding it was just like (laughs) putting a, a hat on it was just like it was it, it was very easy for you to just be like okay now i'm yeah dominate the shit I yeah do, so. um yeah. and and it's like that easy for me with sessions too but there are sometimes clients that are just so sweet and nice that it's really hard for me to be mean to them <laughs> <laughs> I want to be mean yeah to you, i like you so much but. so it's still kind of tough in some ways but it's it's more rare that that happens now. So would you say like the, the one-sided domination sessions would be? No, I really do enjoy like the semi-comp because it's very empowering for me, uh, especially if it's like a guy that, you know, could easily physically take me. Um, If I'm able to apply my skills and strategies with jujitsu or whatever I've learned over the years of doing this, and get them pinned and they can't get out that is like there's nothing more satisfying than that with sessions so I do enjoy that yeah a a thrill yeah I like that but I I also sometimes you get men don't realize their strength and um and I'm not able to overtake them and they end up trying to do like a body scissor or something and they crank it too hard and I'm like you know I I have to I have to step out of whatever like mental state we've created for ourselves in that moment and be like no this is not okay and I've also had to like implement more rules in my in my general policy that I give off to my clients um, when they initially are trying to book I've had to implement new rules like you can't do this or that to me you know and draw the line really clearly in the sand for myself you know because yeah, yeah. Like I mean, if they injure me, um, yeah. they're not going to pay for me to be out of work for a long time, and they're not going to pay my medical bills if I need to go to the hospital. So there's absolutely right. nothing worth totally. like risking yeah. that for me. And I, I, I'll be the first to admit, like I'm not like 
a black belt in anything. I, I, I have good skills and everything, but I'm not like an expert and I'm not like some meathead that's constantly in the gym. So I'm somewhere like more on the middle end, I think. And, and I, I have to like respect that for myself and know that that's my own personal, like what I'm bringing to the table, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's good to have like your own kind of like, uh, yeah, your own kind of like skill level self-awareness. Um, that's definitely something that's good to have up front. And a lot of people are kind of like learning that as they go along too. So like, it's good to, it's good to encounter somebody like that. And so you get, you kind of get that guidance in a way it's like, Oh, I should figure this out about myself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Self boundaries are very important to have so that you don't, I don't know. So you don't get hurt. Yeah. It's like a play. It's like a play partner sort of thing. You, you both want to have fun, but not like actually transgress against the other person in any way. So, yeah. Now I know you mentioned Megan Jones. Is there other ladies in in the industry who have been kind of like a, a, a mentor or influence or some people that you like, maybe even like, I don't know, look up to is the right word, but kind of like help you as helped you like as you, you know, got comfortable learning the um, session with wrestling Specifically business. with the session wrestling, I'd say like she's been, she, in the beginning of me, like really um, kind of cracking the whip on myself to do more with session wrestling. She was, she was like primarily the person that provided a lot of support and assistance and, yeah, I, but I mean, there's other people I look up to and there's people that, I mean, I pretty much like admire what everyone's done with their own businesses. And I think the women that choose to do make a career out of this are all pretty amazing in their own ways. So, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it, it would be hard to sit here and like list everyone off for you. <laughs> I uh, recently yeah, got I got to you. shoot with uh, Sleeper Kid <laughs> and Leah LeBeau back in, I think it was August. And that was my first time meeting her. And like, it was really awesome to meet her because she's been in the industry so long. And she is such an amazing person, like super down to earth and just a really cool person to know. And then obviously, like, um, you see me doing a lot of tag team stuff with Indica lately. Um, she's been in the industry for a long time as well, like eight, eight years. Yeah. And she's her personality is just like so bubbly and awesome um but but (laughs) yeah when i saw you two kind of like starting to tour together i was like that's a that's a good combo personality wise i could imagine that being yeah people like they really like the chemistry between us because we work really well together and we get stuff done and like we feed off of each other with the whatever scene we're given like um so I, i do think it's a good like partnership for sure um and People were telling us for a long time to travel together because we look alike, which I, neither of us really understand that. We're like, no, we don't, we don't look alike. What is it? Our brown <laughs> hair and brown eyes? Like, nothing else looks alike. <laughs> we have different noses and mouths and <laughs> cheekbones and everything is different, but maybe the same size? I don't know. But anyways, so... <laughs> 
Yeah. Same size, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you kind of look like a like a classic yeah. tag team of some sort. You know, <laughs> like you you look like you belong next to each other in in Funny. some form or another. It's so, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've been enjoying that for sure. And she's been a great resource. Not not necessarily with the wrestling stuff. I feel like I've pulled her more into that than the other way around. Um, but but she's been an amazing resource for just like being in the fetish industry. And it's funny and ironic because we actually met in um, St. Pete when we were on a one of my first shoots with bratty foot girls out there. Uh, we met there and she told me that her and her partner were moving to Colorado in a few months. And I was like, oh, cool. I just came back from I moved out here from there. <laughs> And, uh, and then like a a year and a half later, I moved back. So she was still in Colorado. So it's been nice that we've kind of just like crisscrossed paths in both states a lot over the years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So the switcheroo at first and then, uh, and then when you went back, yeah, good to have uh, a new friend back there to reconnect with. So, Yeah. Colorado was awesome too. I love. Stop Colorado. telling Colorado. people that it's yeah. horrible. It's so cold and it's, <laughs> it's so horrible. expensive, and the people are mean, and there's nothing fun to do here. It's just like <laughs> very boring all the time. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> That's true. There, there. So there are no blame breweries out yeah, there. Yeah, we don't have weed. It's all the stores yeah. are out. Just fucking go somewhere else already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's true blame hans if you get this big no like, i blame new york in general because uh, the economy is collapsing and everyone's coming out here yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're getting like this mass yeah. migration from the east and the west it's so fucked up <laughs> it's so fucked up my, my friends in uh, portland oregon would say sort of the same thing it's like oh there's this mass exodus. yeah like, definitely. people stop moving here so, yeah yeah it's pretty crazy yeah. <laughs> Yeah, New York and California both really? are kind of collapsing Insane. and self-imploding. <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Sadly. That's really it's a sad. Dire, so. But on the other hand, like we're yeah. suffering from overpriced real estate that, you know, will probably never go down and we'll probably never ever be able to afford a single family home in Colorado ever again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a- Jeez. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, with being home at the quarantine, how has have you kind of done some more like creative things when it comes to like the videos and your clips? Like, has it been able to help like, you know, with some outside the box thinking um, that you probably wouldn't have I done before? wouldn't necessarily say that. I definitely had like a an insurgence of custom orders like as soon as quarantine hit. And that's been pretty steady ever since. And that's great. Um, So I do a lot of customs and we have a pretty good network of girls here. A couple of local doms. We've got Michaela Miles and Tyler Dare and um, a a few other people that do different fetishes. But um, between all of us, like I have a good bunch of resources for any customs and clips. Um, But no, I don't. You all kind of like yeah, for the most part. I mean, there's there a few and, people that like you know. were less like involved with each other, but not because of spite or anything like that. It's just time management. 
but yeah, no, I wouldn't say anything yeah. necessarily like overly creative. It's just been a matter of like learning how to establish better time management for myself and um, more regularity and consistency with, with my presence on all of the endeavors that my business oversees. So, but you know, cause when I was traveling last mm. year, I was traveling like typically like half of the month, every month. And it was really disruptive to try to establish any kind of like consistent schedule for myself. So I, you know, I really slacked on a lot of things. And the only thing that was getting like the most attention was the touring and offering sessions and shoots. So to be able to shift that focus inward and do more for my own production and stuff, that's been like mostly the the change that has come about from the pandemic happening. Okay. You see yourself uh, kind of like continuing uh, kind of like the lessons learned during the pandemic. Uh, hopefully after things go back to normal, I, I assume that's yeah, I, um, the case. Like as much as yeah. I love traveling, I feel like it is the, it is a very like stressful component of my business um, because I oversee like I have my hands in so many different pots and I'm doing it all by myself. And because um, traveling is so disruptive to, like I just said, any kind of like regular schedule. Um, I feel like scaling that back even more is probably going to be like moving forward the thing, you know? Yeah. Just kind of like make right. it so that if there's a custom and they're going to like, you know, pay for you to come out somewhere, you know, then you'll travel, but like not so much, not yeah. so much touring. Yeah. Anymore, for the, f- for the foreseeable future, I'm not sure like if I'll go back to booking trips on my own or not. We'll see. I mean, it just depends like how I, how my business adapts to this change. Cause obviously traveling is like the main breadwinner um, because my clips for sale store is still in the very like fundamental stages. Yeah. I've had it since May of, 2018 I think or 19 I don't know but like I didn't really push it hard until this year and um I mean 2020 um so I I don't know we'll see how like how I adapt to the change um but I am also trying to so I have a master's in psychology with a concentration in industrial and organizational psychology. And then I have a little more than half of a master's in Mm -hmm. um, clinical mental health counseling. And that was always kind of like my end goal was to, to do counseling since I was like a little girl, that was what I wanted to do. Um, But I started to get cold feet with it and, and uh, put that degree on hold so that I could finish the other masters. And then when I went back to try to complete it after finishing that masters um the school kind of like changed the program so i said fuck you and i'm never going back but <laughs> but turns out you can like still open that practice um you can't technically call yourself a counselor because you don't have a license to practice counseling but you can do life coaching or other you know uh therapy modalities that you can get certified in or or not you can just completely like start from scratch and build a clientele out of thin air i mean it takes time obviously but that's kind of where i'm trying to start to shift my focus to build a new business to do that and offer remote therapy with a focus on like human sexuality and 
interpersonal relationships. So. Do you see yourself kind of like transitioning out of the, I wouldn't, the fetish world? Yeah, I don't think I would. I think so. Yeah. Like I, I think that it's been like an incredible learning process and it adds so much to um, my ability to understand and help people. Um, and I enjoy it. So I don't see any reason to stop doing it. I just, you know, I think that right. by touring a little less, I'm creating that boundary for myself to, you know, carve out time to d- start this new business and start focusing on that so that I can do it all. But yeah, <laughs> I already had my hand in a lot of pots and now I've got <laughs> even more. So <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this to myself, but <laughs> But I do want trying to eventually uh, yeah, narrow them probably. down, yeah, so that you know you're, you're a little more, <laughs> a little more sane. So yeah, but um, I mean, like, I'm enjoying it for now. I mean, I guess the thing is, is like, I'm I'm gonna be 30 uh, this year, and it feels really weird because I feel like this like impending kind of clicking or ticking of the t- of the clock. <laughs> oh, that was a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> and uh i remember yeah that and like it's not, it's not like oh i don't it's, have my uh... life established it's just like well if i do start a family in the next you know five years or whatever like i need to have something legitimate looking that i can present to the pta meetings <laughs> right and uh being a fetish producer <laughs> and performer is <laughs> probably not the best <laughs> and uh, like it's That'd be some fun PTA <laughs> conversations to, to listen. So, so what do you do? It's yeah, like, um, exactly. let's talk about what you do. Let's see if we can deflect. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like, it doesn't mean I don't have to, like, I have to stop or anything like that at some point. I mean, I may choose later on down the road that that might be what I want to do is discontinue my involvement in this world. But like, for yeah. now, I have no plans to do that. You know, I just want to set up for myself some other means of legitimacy. And And, you know, the income source of relying on touring is very inconsistent. Like it's up and down. You don't have a predictable set income and your um, expenses, you know, like I file taxes on my business. um, And obviously there's a lot of write-offs with all the travel expenses, but it's amazing that it ends up being like a really high percentage of, of what you make is what you put out in business expenses so <clears throat> what you make at the end of the day even though you know we charge high high rates for private sessions but like we are also paying <laughs> our own taxes and like fit, you know footing the bill on all the travel involved to get me there so it's just not like a really reliable or consistent equation so looking for something that is more yeah it's very very yeah. uh very up and down so like good to, and it's good to, to not sort of like put all your right. eggs in one basket which is either, why i've you know, diversified like, my business to begin um, with but i feel like, like it needs a little more right like it probably felt good to have that clip store um especially when covid struck and then all of a sudden travel became you know who who would have thought like a year prior yeah that, like, exactly. hey you're not gonna be able to travel anymore yes i was very like, thankful that i had so. opened that thing up like <laughs> A year before all that shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So as far as the production goes, is there stuff that you, um, 
do you, do you have like a favorite kind of like genre that you like to produce video wise? And is there stuff that you haven't tried yet that you're, that you've been kind of thinking about? It's like, oh, I should try something. In this I really I haven't that, done anything you know, like that... um, choreographed to like wrestling or anything like that, you know, like the more um, post house stuff yeah. like sleeper kid does nothing like that. Um, but I've, right. I shoot like such a wide array of categories. I, really didn't feel like I could afford to choose one and just be, you know, build a brand around just one category. So I've kind of just gone on based off of whatever people are requesting. And um, it turns out that's a lot of shit. So, (laughs) so yeah, no, I don't really have a favorite. I wouldn't think, I mean, anything that makes my job a little easier in terms of directing, especially if there's multiple models involved and camera people it's ideal to have something that's like less right. elaborate, but, but if it's elaborate, then I charge accordingly. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Right. There's costume changes. And, uh, you know, yeah. A lot of heavy scripting and yeah. So yeah. Makes a lot of sense. But, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You, yeah, you said you did a lot of uh, categories. I started out um, opposite. Like I, I just went like all in on one category for like years and years, and then only like very recently, over the last couple of years, did I start kind of like, you know, looking at other categories and being like, I should try to put some right. in these categories yeah, that I I'm also like... into. So, um, but I feel like it's better now. It's more. I feel like it's more stable now. Like there's like a each month it makes a certain amount. Um, more reliably yeah since i started doing the I think multiple diversification is a good like. thing um but i think that like for a fetish yeah. model that's been hired in multiple categories it's very easy to make that transition whereas when you guys are kind of coming and creating a production right. company from scratch like most of the time most of the male producers they pick one category and start there so it's very interesting. It's it's different for sure. Yeah. And most female producers I know, I think I think they it's all do what I do. Like they're kind of just like really diversified. There's actually very few um female producers term. that <laughs> do just like one thing. Like BB Lane just does like wrestling and you know, all wrestling related categories, right? Like that's one producer that's like that, that's a female. But for the most part, I think most female yeah. producers like shoot a wider array of categories than male producers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've noticed that, yeah, like uh, male producers tend to, yeah, that's, yeah, tend to be one category. That's, and I, I never noticed that, the, I never noticed the gender divide there though. So that's kind of like, new to me but like kicking around my it's head. probably it's like, why oh, yeah, though because most female producers start as a model and they model for different producers of different categories so it's very easy to right transition into doing everything because you've seen how right. everything's done <laughs> you know yeah so yeah true. and most male producers come from like this is their oh, fetish no. so that's what their specialty is <laughs> true yeah <laughs> good point very true no uh carly uh we just want to thank you so much you, you know you are this is the season finale of our podcast so this is uh 
our last episode. We'll take a little bit of a break and 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 we'll you know come awesome. back. But this this was really awesome. Yeah, really awesome. Kind of like little uh, bookend here too. You were the last uh, shoot I did before the that's pandemic, so and now you're our, our season finale. So that's <laughs> that's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> how many episodes in a season? We're at. We we kind of just did it on a well, I don't say a whim, but Hans and I talked about it in like the end of July. So I don't know if this will be how it'll be going forward, but I believe this is episode like seventeen. Wow! Wow! Is it really for this? And this season. is the first season. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. This was the first season. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's get uh, renewed. <laughs> Where do people find your podcast? <laughs> is it like available on like any podcast streaming service? We... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I have it on Apple. It could get it on nice. yeah. yeah, on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Pod, so anywhere. And then um from the Twitter page, the Twitter feed for the uh for the podcast and Hans yeah. will, you know, he retweets it out a lot too so it's awesome um yeah that's how people find it so it's it's been so yeah it was really cool to 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 do it this season and uh yeah really glad to have you come on and and be our final guest of the season (laughs) i know we talked about a lot of shit (laughs) for a long time (laughs) (laughs) no no it's 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 all good yeah it's all good it's all stream of consciousness. So <laughs> but that's what makes it kind of like, yeah, just what? fun and natural. And yeah, people kind of like definitely get to know you, you know, conversational. So yeah, sweet. <laughs> no, so oh no, but thank you so much. For, yeah, of course. Uh, for thank you for having me again, and we, we uh, really appreciate it. Yeah. Good luck with uh, starting a new season. <laughs> uh, All right. No, no, thank you. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. So, Hans. Yeah. Wanted to, you know, kind of finish this episode off since it's our finale and kind of, you know, awesome having Carly come on. We appreciate that. But I, I wanted to have you on because, you know, the show, it's, it's wouldn't be a show without, you know, that that faithful day in July, you know, you encouraging me over Instagram. So just kind of want to take just a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want to take a few minutes just to talk about, if, if you can, just some of the... Oh, sure. uh, some of the highlights for this this first season for you and, and different thoughts you have, you know, on doing this. this oh, first I've season. really enjoyed getting people on here and, you know, just having like a conversation with them and, um, you know, kind of like what Carly was talking about, like, you know, being on Twitter and stuff like that. Like, you know, for her, there's a big there's a definite like separation that she likes to keep, which makes total sense. I'm starting to get that way uh myself a little bit where it's like okay like you know social media you're not on there to browse like you're on there on there to work like go make the tweet that you know you think you want to make and then 
and then get off, you know, but like, this is kind of like a nice way to, you know, kind of get to peer into the the person a little bit as if, as if you got to meet them in person and, um, you know, just have a conversation with them. So um, I know that um, as a fan myself getting into this years ago, I would have eaten that up uh, knowing that there was like, oh, there's a podcast where I can listen to all these people because you see them in videos and you become a, a fan of theirs. And then, you know, you kind of imagine like, oh, what, what would it be like to just like, if they were in front of me right now and we were having a conversation, like what's their personality like? So, um, yeah. Right. And then having uh, Katarina on with the, um, you know, the event that she put so much work and toil into, which, which went fantastic uh i hear so yeah yeah um you know she got good good numbers and um you know porn hubs and impressed and everything so um it's been nice having that that synergy there where people come on and promote things that are important to them and um yeah it's been a lot of fun how have you liked it i've really enjoyed it i really have especially um you know for me I know some people are doing sessions now and I, I, Hey, it's no judgment either way. I have not had a session. It it will be going on about a year, you know, this month since my last session. Yeah. So, um, this has kind of helped with that. You know, I definitely miss it and it's helped, um, you know, having conversations with the, the, the women who have come on here and conversations with you on air and off air, um, I always could, I always knew the emotion I felt toward it and why I loved it, but to be able to articulate it with someone else who is passionate about it is, was really cool. And something I kind of thought, you know, as you know, the years went by, I thought I never would be able to do yeah. it. So, uh, I'm, I'm very, um, appreciative and, and grateful for that. And, you know, um, it's nice when it's all a community. So, yeah. yeah. Now let me let me ask you. Now, I'm not saying because to me every every episode everyone's been great, but is there some highlights from the the interviews or the conversations we've the podcast episodes we've we've had? It's so hard to think of that off off the cuff. Um, Sorry, I know. I, no, I, yeah, but... no, it's. it's uh, <laughs> I think about it. Let me just let me just let it roller it's because now it's like a block you know now it's like all right yeah pick up some some funny stuff and i can easily do that when i'm just like walking around town being like oh yeah i remember that time on the podcast that that was funny and then um mm-hmm. you know uh but like being uh sort of like on the spot it's like it i can feel my mind blocking me right now so mm-hmm. no um, i got you I'll, I'll i'll say uh having gia the giant uh, on and kind of like finding out, you know, more of her background interests and stuff that she was into that, you know, and I had actually like done a shoot with her and we never got a chance to really kind of like, you know, get to know each other, you know, that much. Um, people's origin stories always kind of like interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess me, me and you kicked off the first one and um, you know, and then it's always been interesting having guests on after that, like some people that I've shot with, some people that I, that I haven't shot with yet that, um, you know, that I'd like to, 
Um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to more more of the same and seeing uh, who we can get yeah. on the, you know, next. Oh, and also something that's been refreshing is, uh, you know, you you've been forwarding me emails like this. Um, like Carly coming on was was actually a, a request from someone who was uh, listening, which was great. Like, it's, yeah. uh, it was nice to be like, oh, yeah, they'd really like to hear this person come on. So, um, you know, it's good to get direction uh, in, in that case. It's like, what, what do people actually, you know, who do people want to hear next? That's like, who do you choose? Otherwise, it's, it's, it's like, there's so many people, <laughs> like, all of them would be interesting. Yeah. But yeah and that's that's kind of been a different um i don't i think i can say that for myself from this show and trying to find people to come on showed me just even though i guess in, in the grand scheme of communities i'm not saying it's the biggest but it's a bigger community than i thought it was because yeah. there's people who are like oh i've kind of heard of this person and some who i'm like no i haven't heard of them or and even there's a few who I'm like, oh, I've seen them in like other people's clips or videos, but I, I forget that person. But now I see them, so it's kind of been like, oh yeah, like you know, I guess in a way, like for me personally, finding out about new people and and everything. So it's been really cool. Yeah, I'll actually say, yeah, uh, the episode with uh, Natasha that I wasn't on. Uh, it was fun listening to that afterward, words because uh, you know, as I've told you before, like. I can't stand the sound of my own voice, so I can I can <laughs> go back and like listen to episodes that we've done just to see what the sound quality is like. I'll, I'll just listen for like maybe like thirty seconds, and I'll be like, "Yep, sounds good." <laughs> I'm back on the yeah. other, you know, podcast. I mean, also when I'm there too, it's like I was there. I remember the conversation. I don't have to listen to it again. But um, yeah, yeah, you did the episode with uh, Natasha, who I had shot with before. And uh, so I wasn't there for that episode, but it was it was fun to kind of like get to, you know, get to hear her stories and stuff and, you know, her getting into the industry and and uh, and and uh, yeah, yeah, kind of like getting to demote myself to uh, a listener, um, you know, instead of a, a, a co-host for that episode was was fun to just, you know, get to sit there and just take it in. So Yeah, she was someone um, it was like that. I I had wanted to session with her for a while now and doing that interview with her that it, it was one of those times where it was like, okay, she not only matches the expectation, but like exceeds it and was like, man, I really, really can't wait till things open up and I get to session with her. Like she was just a really, she just got it and like, it was just really fun. And that, that was really cool. Like it was, it was awesome to yeah. talk with her. I'll say uh, uh, Lisa, too, was super interesting to have on and like all of the, uh, you know, the history there of like, you know, how she kind of found her way into the industry and stuff. That was that was yeah. always fun. And uh, that's that's a, definitely another person who uh, should make a return sometime because um, that was that was fun to listen to. I mean, I, I, I talked to her offline um, here and there, but there were plenty of stories that she told that day that I was like, oh, I. I didn't know this and I, I didn't hear this yet. So, um, you know, yeah. And I'll, I'll say for me, um, when we, you know, being able to have goddess Severa come on, that was, was pretty like amazing. Holy yeah. crap kind of moment. Yeah. 
because I, I was I was like, this is a shot in the dark and she probably won't come on. And when she came on, I was like, wow, like this is a it, 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 I don't know. It kind of felt like, all right, this is legit. This is big that was time. fun, too. Well, I, I've <laughs> never met her before, like in person. So like that was that was yeah, me neither always, kind of always wanted to. So like that was always that that was a, a fun day as well, where it's like, oh, I'm going to talk to Goddess Severa today. And, uh, you know, had had never gotten the chance to do that before so um so that was fun but yeah but i think it's uh you know i think i think it's a nice little little starter run that uh that we've gone on here and uh you know it's certainly been fun doing doing the podcast and just um talking to people and getting to you know enjoy them in a, a, a different light you know different way more casual conversation way so yeah yeah and so i i think you know it's, it's not like set in stone but it'll be you know maybe three four weeks of you know taking off and then we got yeah, whatever I john oliver does give like <laughs> yeah it's a good job building something anticipation like that to the <laughs> to the next season so and, and also you know trying to find different ways um to 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 deliver content you know with it's a little bit altered because of uh because of COVID, in, in a sense, but um, hopefully, you know, as as the second season goes on, you know, it's things are opening up a little. People, you know, more comfortable and stuff. And um, who knows? Maybe there's more. You know, some video, video podcast episodes and different things like that, or behind the scenes of a session kind of a thing. So, uh, yeah, and, and my ultimate goal for 2021 would be to do something anything with the podcast with the session girls event yeah that'd be cool that that would be really cool like you know um if you know to fly out there and, and to be a be a part in any way and help out jen jen thomas and any of the ladies and whoever else is a part of it but just to kind of like be there and and to you know we do some episodes with the people there you know we're broadcasting live on something ourselves, whatever the case may be. Uh, hell, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll help set up the ring. You know, I just love to be there. So, so it, it'd be really cool to do that. That's, the events that's, are uh, really fun. I'm really we'll looking see. forward to the events coming back because they were, they they were starting to pick up in frequency too. Like you had session girls twice and then you had them down Fantasia and, um, and there was like a lot of like, yeah, a lot of like interest, a lot of people, you know, showing up and, you know, a lot of great content and stuff and, um, and yeah, getting to meet people face to face that, you know, you've seen online for, you know, years and getting to meet them face to face. So I, I, I hope it comes back. So I did try to uh, snag some insider info and because uh, Jen reached out to me about my uh, cryptocurrency presentation um you know she was curious about it and wanted to know more about it and so uh i did ask her it's like hey any plans for session girls three yet and ain't anything happening and and she didn't bite so <laughs> no nah. so uh no no insider info there but i i was curious as well it's like you know um so hard to say like this this year 2021 
you know, what's it going to be so far? It's like, I saw someone yeah. said it's like, so far 2021 is like the 2020 DLC. You know, it's like, it's a continuation yeah. of the, the story. It's like a little mini 2020. And I, the other favorite meme I saw was, I have tried the 14, the 14 day free trial and I would like to cancel my subscription to 2021. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling that way too. Hopefully better days are yep. ahead. Um, personally and for everyone professionally and definitely, uh, session wise, I'd love to, you know, get everybody back sessioning and, uh, yeah, yeah. And and I, you know, there's some, some dream guests I'd like to have on for season two. Um, and hopefully they can come on, uh, you know, from, I I love Ariel X to Mistress Carl. That would be amazing. Uh, so. Ava Simone would be great. That's that's one I would really love to talk with and have a conversation with. Yeah, you know, when Carly mentioned uh, so Tyler there a couple times, I was like, oh, Tyler would be so delightful. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever spoken to her, but she's she's bubbly and fun and, and quite a hoot to talk to. So, um, Okay, yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be great. But again, so many possibilities. It's like, where where do you start? Um, can't go Absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, can't go wrong. So, Hans, this has been a fun season, and I'm um, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to getting a little rest. Not gonna <laughs> lie. Uh, um, from doing the you know, three podcasts yep. at once, uh, I I definitely could. You, know, I'm taking on two of them. It's definitely yep. a break. Sit back and uh, pull your a feet bit. up. And, yeah, uh, but I, uh, I it's 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 a part of me, you know, podcasting and session wrestling. So that passion is still there, and trying to find new and inventive ways to 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 make great content, and also just to keep improving on on what we're doing now as oh, well. That definitely so, shows, uh, by the way. I, like you definitely, uh, I, I can tell you approach podcasting. Um, you know, really passionately, which has been uh, a delight. So go ahead and no, pat yourself on the back that. there. So. No, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you too. Uh, you have that same same passion, which which always makes it fun and, and easier. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, here's to, uh, you know, season one teaming up. You can hear a little noise in the background. It's because I'm opening a... Uh, non-alcoholic brew (laughs) (laughs) and i'll take a swig of water i got my water here so here cheers to us and to session wrestling and all the the ladies who have been on the show and 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 all the session wrestlers out there and also to the fans cheers Cheers to to everyone here's here's the fun times ahead absolutely so for the one and only Hans Vanderkill, I'm D-Rock. Thank you guys for listening to the season finale of the After Hours Sessions podcast. And we'll be back pretty soon to 